Hi, Love Stoppers. This is Suzanne. Sorry it has been so long since we've released new episodes. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded on June 30th, 2019, about 10 months after we recorded episode 16. So that's because all the cancer clusterfuckery began in my life. But I have very exciting news. There has been a new Love Stop theme song in the works for a long time now. And I wrote some ideas for lyrics. I sent them to my friend Carmel, who with her brother Brandon has created a new company called The Melody Factory. And they created this entire track from my lyrics. Carmel is singing it. We absolutely love it. And the reason we don't mention the song on this episode is because it didn't get written until several days after we recorded it. So here is the debut of the new Love Stop theme song. Two, three, four. Two crazy chicks sitting in a truck. Here's your backpack. It has your video camera in it from a million years ago. I I'm recording dying without my video camera from a hundred years ago. Bunny, Bunny, we needed it. We're recording. I know that. Why do you think I'm telling you? Holy shit, Bunny! Uh, About my problems today. We, We haven't recorded since August. So, as anything Since August of last year. Wow. I know. Oh, Cuz the one that we did the, the one that we the did that messed up didn't come out yeah. was when? Um, that was like maybe, maybe three two months ago. Two or three months ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, has anything happened? Have uh, you missed my your, truck? No, nothing. In your in your life? Nope, yeah, me neither. <laughs> Bunny, I love how we joke that so much has happened that we have to stop being friends because Bunny, there's, there's to too much to tell each other. Oh my God, Bunny, we have to talk. We have to stop talking because oh, if we talk, then we're gonna have to be together for three months. I know, to be able solid. To tell each other everything. I know, but so many people have missed our our love stops, and so what's fascinating is that the last time we did a love stop. Um, and we're going to release, I think, both of these at the same time, um, was in August. And in August, I was starting to not feel good, and I didn't know what was going on, and then found out in October, if anybody's been following my social media, that... Yeah, so if you listen to what was going on almost a year ago, which is kind of crazy, it's kind of cool to be able to hear what was going on a year ago, and then right after it hear... What's happening almost uh, a year later. Right. So it was August and you, you had just been, you were feeling sick. You weren't feeling good. I wasn't feeling good. And then, yeah. um, and I didn't know what was going on. And then it turns out that it was because. Yeah. And then I two months later. Stage four cancer again. Yeah. I came to your 
birthday party, party. And then, which you never have a birthday party. My first birthday party ever. And I came to your birthday party and was driving home and uh, I was having chest pains and was short of breath and had pains in my left arm, so I was convinced that I was Wait, Bunny, where are we going? Attack. Aren't we going to Since Van you're not talking about anything important, I just some... Oh, where... Do you want to go to Farm Table? Yeah. Yeah. It's on Van Nuys Boulevard. Oh, it is? Do you, do you need to plug it in to... Um, I think I can just go back to Van Nuys, right, and then turn right. I don't... I don't... I don't know where we are. I haven't been paying attention to where you're driving. Nice work. I was trying to talk about the cancer. Yeah, I, like Jesus I said. Jesus Christ. you're not talking about anything important... Stop interrupting me. I'm trying to find me. out where we're going. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, I thought I was having a heart attack. I went to the emergency room, and this bump that I had on my sternum, which I thought was something called costochondritis, which can happen when you get uh, surgery on your T10 vertebra, which sort of fuses the bones together in a way that makes it less flexible for your sternum because your T10 is attached through to, to your ribs, which are attached to your sternum. Anyway, the point is that it turned out that the bump that I thought was costochondritis was actually a new tumor, and I was told that the cancer was back, and stage four just means that it's spread beyond the original place, which is the breasts, and now it's, you know, sticking out of my sternum, and so it just, you know, started me on this horrific chapter of my life where Jeff was at the emergency room with me. I just lied. And what? I don't. You don't know do where. I, go right? I wonder, is Van Nuys right? Or Are we left? heading north right now? Wait, or what south? did I turn on? Wait, hold on. I've never been to your house before. What, <laughs> when I turned, hold on, let me think about this for one second. So I turned on, didn't I turn on Van Nuys to come to you? Is that why I came down? I don't know, Bunny. You were in your car alone. I know, but. Just when you're type, on Ventura, what do you just turn type right farm on? table into your oh, GPS? That's a good idea. Siri. Oh Can you take us to Farm Table on Van Nuys Boulevard? One option is Farm Table Company on Van Nuys Boulevard. Yes, Does that one sound good. Oh, she's such a dick. She's like trying to pretend like we have a good relationship because you're in the car. Starting route to Farm Table Company. It's never that easy between are you, me and Siri. Siri and I You guys are always, have a strained relationship? Yeah, yeah. No, we just have a bad relationship. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, so um, Jeff was with me in the emergency room, and after a 13-year journey... Turn right shut up, Siri. After a 13-year journey with this disease, and thinking that I was fine starting right eight years ago... And I was almost done with writing my book proposal about yeah. my journey. I, and we're I, all celebratory. Yes. And we think just, we're such badasses. Yes. I've gotten I, through court. You've gotten through cancer. Yes. And we're, we're all so good. Cool. We think yeah. we're so cool. And then, I mean, I and just, then when it happened again, I, I actually amazing. said to Jeff, I, I'm not, do can you turn the volume of her down? Yes. Jesus. I apologize. Hold on. She doesn't get to be part of Love Stop. Okay. So, um. Oh, she's trying to get on Love Stop. Yeah. Amazing. I actually... If Jeff hadn't been there, I just said to Jeff, I can't do this anymore. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. I'm yeah. out. I'm out. I'm done. And he stepped up in such a huge way that I, I, I'm just sort of speechless about what has happened with our relationship and 
sort of the depth of the love and connection and um, yeah, it's just been it's been uh, simultaneously horrific and amazing. Actually, so that's the gift part, right? Yeah, be- say, because I'm. Of course, you, know, you would find Bunny the the gift. Yeah, the gift. And the- so, since I'm choosing the topics for today, mm-hmm. topic number one is speaking the truth. Yes. And so I actually, Woo! I actually did not want to speak the truth about this chapter because I just felt I was completely um, rejecting this new chapter. I just thought, no, I'm not, yes. do- I'm not doing this again. I'm not talking about it. Yeah, it's not too. happening. I reject it. I'm not doing it. I can't do it. And if it weren't for Jeff, uh, I, I really do think that I would be dead right now because I just, you know, I, I've gone through so much physical pain and darkness and, and rage and anger and resentment and just, um, you know, feeling like it's completely unfair and like, I don't understand. I'm, you and know, he's there for, is he living with you? Are you pre- guys living together now? Pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, even so though he, he's pretty even much though there he has week. his own place, he's just with me 24 seven. His life yeah. has been completely hijacked and he has been beyond magnificent. Yeah, Bunny, so. that's what you deserve. That's what yeah. you're supposed to have. I know. I mean, but anyway, uh, I, when I eventually did start talking about it, um, it's it's just been. Uh, I figure since I'm still here, on the planet, there must be more for me to learn. Yeah, and and, and maybe more for you to, since you have made such a life of being of service to people. More for me to take in. Yep. Well, there must just be also yes. something that you're supposed to be teaching other people still. Right. You taught so many people so many things. I understand. So, you know. So, I ended up watching this video called The Truth About Cancer on YouTube. I went, I ended up going to a clinic called Hope for Cancer in Mexico that does holistic, non-toxic healing. I raised a bunch of money to go there. There were certain things about it that were amazing and certain things about it that were not. And while so I learned a lot... So would you, would you recommend it to people, or you wouldn't? Or the jury's you, still out because I'm still, out. I'm still in the middle of it, yeah, right? I see. So um, part of the problem with what happened was that they do all these great things for you while you're there, but then they send you home. You're only there for three weeks. They send you home with a home protocol that has so many supplements and organic meals that you have to make and juices and smoothies and treatments that it becomes a 24-7 job that's stressful and exhausting and all-consuming. Right, so now you're stressed. That's right there. So that's the, like... Yeah, so then if you're stressed out and your cortisol is high and your body's in fight-or-flight mode, you can't heal. Yes. So it it felt impossible to me to do this incredibly stressful 24-7 protocol and still be joyful and relaxed. And, you know, I believe that whatever you focus on all the time is what you get more of. And if all I'm focusing on is you have to do this because you have cancer and this because you have cancer, you know, it's really challenging. Yeah, interesting. So turn right right here and and park on that street. Um, So anyway... uh, and then I had this fundraiser that you 
uh, and Tracy Szymanski helped, uh, you know, put together and produce. And I thought that... Is this the one that Maurice came to? Or are you talking about yes, the one that you Yes, I'm talking about the one it. that Maurice came to. Yes. And I thought that it was going to be a turning point because the tumor had gotten to be the size of maybe my fist and it was protruding from my sternum like a third tit. And so I thought, instead of covering it up for the fundraiser, what if I do something incredibly bold and outrageous and I wear something low cut and I put this tumor on display? Funny, so awesome. What if I put googly eyes, lashes, and lips on the tumor and dress it up like a face? What if I named it Felicia so that everyone could say, Bye, Felicia, Felicia. at the same time? (laughs) And, you know, I, I could shine a light on it and bring some irreverent humor to it. Maybe that'll be the beginning, like the turning point for me to yeah there's know, some other plan because right all yeah because all of our thought, shit isn't working right? all of our normal shit yeah so that th- we believe in and preach and right. live and yeah it's so i thought else. that must be it right yeah and then after that fundraiser how's your temperature I while we sit here good. for the rest okay good uh so by the way can i plug my phone in just the battery just to make sure yes. it doesn't so um anyway i raised a bunch of money and i got a bunch of love directed towards me, which was amazing because, you know, I've I've probably talked about this in a previous love stuff, the whole concept of an I love eulogy, which is when you say what you would say at somebody's uh, memorial service, but you tell them right now while they're alive, right? I love it. And so our lives every day like that. right? Right. So I, um, I asked a bunch of my friends to perform and everyone got five minutes to do whatever they wanted to like sing or tell jokes or tell stories or whatever. But if they wanted to, at the end of their five minutes, they could do a very brief, maybe one minute, I love eulogy about what they would say to me at my memorial service. But I get to hear it while I'm alive because what's the point of these breathtaking eulogies that you're telling everybody but the person in the casket or the urn? Yes. Right? So I was infused with all this love and everyone said, bye, Felicia. And I thought, oh, this is, this so is it. This is what was supposed to happen. Like this, again... This is it. Yep. And then it didn't shrink. And I... I so what, I ta- just, tell us um, how, like, how has it grown? What it, are the details on it didn't shrink? It has grown since I got back from Hope for Cancer at the end of December. It's probably five times the size it was before. I mean, since, since the last time people saw it. Yes. It's five times yes. bigger than the last it time people saw pictures It starts at my left nipple and goes to my right nipple. Now I don't have three tits. I have one. Oh, my god! It's like I have a unitit. I have a monotit. Is that what you deserve? I don't understand right. why do you have a unitit. And not only that, as it grows, I shrink. I, I've weighed 105 pounds my whole life. I weigh 75 pounds pounds. I don't know if you can comprehend my thin, already petite body losing 30 pounds. So I'm basically skin and bones and Jeff and I joke around. We, you know, he'll go somewhere and do an errand and I'll say, when you get back, I'll be the skeleton holding up this tumor. Bunny! And he's just like, <laughs> Bunny, that's oh not my, funny. Oh my God. Bunny, that's not funny. And then we also joke around, like he also loves to call me you know how you and I will call each other, you know, fatso hey, fatso, ugly. hey, ugly, hey, bitch. Yeah. And he'll he'll say, hey, tubalard, I'm surprised you can get through the doorway. I mean, he's, just, <laughs> he's so damn funny. And also we joke around, too, that, you know, um, that I'm not going to die. I'm actually 
just going to vanish. Like he's going to wake up and in bed next to him is just going to be my pajama top. And, yeah, and with nothing like beautiful else. sparkles and a, yes. and a pile on top uh, of your pajamas. Yes. Yeah. It'd be like, Susan, did Suzanne die? No, she just disappeared. Yes, buddy. But it's just crazy. Anyway, so I have had started to feel like, oh, um, in spite of everything that I've been doing, like I've been approaching it mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, because it's over my heart chakra. I've been doing a lot of work in wow, therapy. How interesting about, is that? Right? right? Yes. It's over my heart chakra. So I've been doing a lot of work in therapy about healing past heartbreaks, betrayals, traumas to my heart and work on anger release and forgiveness. And I'm doing all these forgiveness exercises and letter writing exercises and empty chair exercises. Were to there any heartbreaks that heart. came up that hadn't, that you hadn't really thought about? Like, were there anything any any things where you just thought, wow, I had actually... No, but there were things that I've already worked on. And as we know, it's like peeling layers of an onion. Yes. But just because I've worked on it before doesn't mean I'm done. Yeah. So I have gone back and done forgiveness exercises on people or situations that I have worked on before. And new, new, layers. new, new layers and new and... revelations would come up. Wow. So... Anyway, and then I've been doing that for months. So I thought, that's the key. Yeah. It's doing the therapy on, right? Yeah. And then that, it keeps growing and I keep shrinking. So then I thought, maybe it's not on this lifetime's plane. Maybe it's past life stuff, which I completely believe in. Me too. But I don't have access to that as easily as I do, because I know how to do therapy yeah. and do that work about, you know, what's happened in this lifetime. Yeah. So I've gone to... When I worked on it, they they put, put me under... Right. right. So like that. Yeah. Like, so I'm like under hypnosis. I've done a past life regression with this great hypnotherapist that I found and, you know, had these incredible revelations and I've had, uh, attempts at past life regression maybe decades ago when either I wasn't ready for it or they weren't good at it or they and yeah, whoever that wasn't was, wasn't right a good time. match or yeah, a good yeah. time. So but, we start. I started, I think, you know, I mean, we talked about this before I started at 17 with my mother therapy and hypnotherapy? Well, I started therapy at 14 mm-hmm. because I was uh, by the courts because I was in juvenile hall and, and, um, all of that. Um, but my mother started us at 17 with a medium named Verna Yader. And so we, started, I also got to talk to, yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah. So we ended up, you know, like starting on learning about and, and emotionally, going through our past lives at 17. I mean, that's crazy. Wow. I know. So you've had this experience and this is brand new to me. Yeah. So I had this, and this incredible... is the same woman who, who quote baptized. We did welcome to the world ceremony for Cassius. Amazing. And, um, and I'm just so bummed that Verna's not here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because she would have, I just, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't to... have the person oh who has that insight about what's going on with well, you. That but I, I do. Be able to talk. I have, I know now you have this woman. Now. Yeah. Well, I have this woman. I have, um, I have a psychic medium friend named Karen Rontowski. There's this amazing woman named April who's given me readings. Anyway, here's the point. I do that and I dig and I find out incredible stuff and I'm getting aha moments and healing and lessons. And I, it's still not, it's still not shrinking. The tumor's growing and I'm shrinking. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I, I truly am at my wits end. And I've also been in so much, the tumor has been so physically painful and it's gigantic and it sticks out of my chest. And so it's so crazy to try. I I need someone to explain to me how to trick myself into not 
thinking about it every waking moment when it's sticking so far out of my chest and it physically feels like someone's stabbing yeah, me in the I chest mean, and pouring acid in. So, you know, I would be checked. I would be in the hospital. So I would be checked in right. the hospital. Um, and, but you know, you and I are different in those areas. Like mm-hmm. I'll go check myself into the hospital mm-hmm. and you know, um, and I've gone to the emergency room twice because no, of I know. intense pain. But you're a better human being than I am, you know, in many ways. But in this way, especially, like, it's like you're very conscious about medical stuff. And and, um, and then also you, you have to trust your gut. We all have to trust our gut. Right. There isn't one thing that's right for everyone. Right. And my gut wants me in the fucking hospital. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to go to the hospital. Right. So, like, it, most human beings at this point with what you're going through period would be in the hospital. Right. So the fact that you're like walking around and still doing things and is, you know, the same kind of way you've always lived your life. And, um, it's just, there has to be a reason for all of that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, your path and the reason for it, you're, you're, it's interesting. Like you're at this point where you're like, wait, what the fuck? There's some new level you're you're getting to that you, you aren't, you aren't, Aware of literally right. in your head, right. but you're aware that there's some other level that you're supposed to be getting yes. to, and that you I are walking have... around in a way that no other human, almost no right. other human being would walk around in but this kind of pain. But also, don't forget that um, I've had plenty of experiences over the last 13 years with hospitals yes. that I put my complete faith in Western medicine and hospitals in the first part of the journey, and have had enough because that's how I was raised. Yeah. I've had and Bunny, I was raised the opposite. And we now didn't see doctors. Right. And now you're at a different place. Only, my mom gave us yes. garlic when we were right. sick. Like, we didn't, right. none of that. And then, you know what so I mean? So you and I have sort of crossed, yeah. Like, it, like, yeah. Interesting, we, like, we do places. that. Yeah. yeah. This is one of the things that's, like, exciting to me. Yeah, you and about I, our friendship. You is and that I are, we, are either trading places or we're on completely parallel paths. Yes. It's fascinating. Yes. And so we're always learning from each other because, yep. we, because we can either completely understand and commiserate or we learn from from the opposite point of view. Yes. It's, it's phenomenal. Well, we're also a good example of people who are so, can be so different and really learn from each other and celebrate from each other. Right. Where, you know, I do I have a lot of friends who try to make me like them. Like, I have a lot of friends who are like, why, why don't you just do this? Well, a lot of people, yeah. like, it's uncomfortable if you're not like them. Have you noticed that? It's like, I think especially it's a woman thing. Like, a lot of women are like, no, you need to be... Like, we need right. to be the same and yeah. agree on stuff. This is why women tell me that I have to get married or have babies. And I'm thinking, I, yes. I don't want to get you, married and have yeah, babies. Yeah, they're like, you need to do that because that's what I'm doing. So well, you need to... No. In fact, I'm the opposite. I celebrate... All the fascinating differences and diversity in what people yes. believe in, what they me love. Me too. What... I freaking love people who are different than me. Because Especially it's so boring. Smart people. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. so smart and so funny. And so I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. And able to celebrate. You've gone into a world that I lived in. I mean, you know, but right. I was vegetarian for yes. 18 years. And now I'm vegan eating for organic six years. Vegan, yeah. Non, always in therapy my whole life. My mom used to do the bowl. My friend Kimberly the other day was like, you know, it's really cool, the sound bowls. She's like, she tried the sound bowl. I'm like, I've really. You've done my that. Mo- my that. mom has one in her house right yeah. now. She, yeah. Like, she's been doing that my whole I do too. life. And I'm always like, but I mean, to grow up with yeah. that is crazy. I know. And so it's like, when I go to the opposite end of the spectrum, because that's what you do. Sometimes you want right. to, the, the, the uh, pendulum, pendulum swings, swings all, all the way. way. 
And so, you know, I stopped being sober. I stopped um, being spiritual. I stopped eating perfect. You know, right. like I was like, I'm not, I'm doing everything the opposite. Right. And then finding a gray area. But the reason why is because I feel like you and I both have this desire to experience life. Yes. Like we are here to be outside our comfort zone, to experience new things, to yes. challenge ourselves, to yes. scare the shit out of ourselves. Like, we're not here to be comfortable and do the same shit everyone's doing. I don't understand that existence and who would want that existence. Well, I, I really respect a lot of people. You know what I mean? That's what they want. That's what they love. They want comfort. They want to know what to expect. Do you like that? No. I know you like Shut big it loud off. noises. Hold Shut on. it off. Hold on. Hold on. It's MC. We have we, we we don't have much going on right now. Hey babe. Um so remember I'm doing love stop with Suzanne. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him um that I'm doing a live show right now. So if he wants to call me in like uh twenty minutes, um I can discuss stuff with him, yeah. Okay. Alright. Love you too. Bye. So anyway, Bunny, I do that fundraiser and I think that that's the key and that's not the key, right? Yeah. And then I've been following the Hope for Cancer protocol and I think that's the key and that's not the key. And so I reached a point because they had me, you know, take these supplements and eat these things and do, you know, it's very strict. And then I thought maybe my lesson, because I'm always looking for the lesson, like to me, every experience is either pleasurable or good information. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so I'm thinking, okay, what's the information here? So then I, I thought about all the couples that I've heard about throughout my adult life that are infertile. So they do all kinds of stressful, you know, expensive, painful things so that they can have their first baby, right? Yep. And it doesn't work. So they, they've spent their life savings and all their time and energy and they've been so stressed out. And so they quote unquote give up. Yeah. And as soon as they give up, they have, they a, baby. have a baby. Yeah. Like, you know, you hear that story all the time, right? Or like, um, this happened to Jillian and mouse, uh, her wife or now ex-wife and, and then two other friends of mine who I helped with the adoption process. Um, and the adoption wasn't working, wasn't working. And then they gave up. No, they tried to have a baby, tried to have a baby, oh, or they were trying to have a baby, but then, so then they decided to adopt, and, and I've had three friends who've, done, who've gone through this identical thing. So I helped with the um, adoption process, like you have to write letters of, ref you know, like referral letters yeah. and let them know, you have to say some, not just someone's upsides, their downsides, like really brutally honest how, what you think right. they'll be like as parents and who they are as human beings. And then the second the adoption process went through, they they got pregnant. Right, of course. They, naturally. Right. Yeah. Or through IVF. But, right. You know. But still. So I thought to myself, um, maybe all the stress of this yeah. is not helping me. So what if I... Like, what if you what stop, if I gave what if up I give on up? having cancer for right now? Like, gave up on, no, on what, treating it. No. What, yeah. What if I gave up on doing any of this shit I'm being yes. told to do? And what if I... So I had a friend of mine go to Burbank and get me two dozen Krispy Kreme donuts and I was eating bake. I was just eating whatever I wanted. I wasn't taking any of my supplements. I wasn't doing any of my treatments. I was sleeping when I was tired. I was doing whatever the fuck I wanted yeah. for like two or three weeks and that did not help me get better. So I just thought, okay, so I've tried that and then 
my friend Karen Rontowski, who's the person that got me into the beautiful place that I live right now, she's the psychic medium. She's a stand-up comedian. She's amazing. She's been helping me a lot. She does Reiki healing on me, and she does tarot card readings. She basically referred me to a shaman named Emmanuel, who she thought still lived in Ojai, who has moved to Kauai. And she highly recommended him. And I really, I realized, I don't really know much about shamans, but... She, but but how all is it more... that that's the only time you and I have ever gone to Hawaii together? We were in Kauai. I know. Like, it's not a super popular island. Well, as it, far as it's like, also it's known very for, residential. for being the highest vibrational frequency place on the planet. Yes. Even, Cassius and I used to go there alone before we Sedona. went with you. Yeah. Um, do you know if he's near Secrets Beach? Uh, he's on the east coast. Of the island. Got it. I don't know where yeah, Secret Beach yeah. is. You and I Cassius were... Cassius and I actually had a spiritual experience on Secret Beach sure. together. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so so the the short version of it is that um, he has agreed to work with me. He wants me there for, for, he said, one to two weeks. Jeff and I are going from July 13th to the 27th. Um, and he's putting me on an organic, vegan diet until I get there and I'm doing all of these enemas. I'm doing four to five enemas in one day, once a week, which is at least it's only once a week. Um, much like the Gerson therapy where you do lots of juicing and lots of enemas. And then all the stuff from Hope for Cancer, you stop doing now or you do a combination trust your gut? I'm trusting my gut and doing some of the Hope for Cancer stuff. Yeah. Um, But I'm really putting all all my faith in in this journey. And the reason he wants me to get my body, so what he's doing with my physical body is getting me rid of parasites, tapeworms, and candida because if you've ever eaten anything other than an organic vegan diet, parasites love meat and eggs and dairy and bread and cheese and pasta and, you know, all that stuff. That's where they live. That's where they hide out. So he wants me to get rid of, he said, also, it's fascinating when I'm eliminating those things, when I'm doing enemas, uh, I would normally sit there and just watch something, you know, like watch an episode of Grace and Frankie. And he goes, I don't want you to distract yourself with anything. I want you to go into a meditative state because all parasites, tapeworms, and candida are connected to certain emotions and memories that you're releasing. And I wow. want you to experience them. I've never heard of that. Fascinating, right? He yeah. also said that um, that parasites have a huge will to live just like human beings do. Yeah. And that because parasites thrive. Funny, that's with, so true. Yes. That's why they're called parasites. Yes. I've dated parasites. Yes. They have a strong, strong will to live <laughs> and to suck the life out of you. Yes, they do. Right? They latch onto yes. you and they suck all the nutrients yes. out of you. Yes. Wow, bunny. That's which is why symbolic he as says fuck. for you to start gaining weight, you have to get rid of the things that are sucking all the nutrients. Nutrition. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Bunny. So he also said that because the parasites and tapeworms thrive in the candida on these things that you know you used to eat, that your you th- you'll th- you know people say listen to your body, listen to your gut. Yeah. You're gonna think. That it's your higher self telling you that this new diet plan and the enemas are bad, and that you sh- you have to eat meat and eggs and dairy because you're craving it. 
But I'm because craving it because the parasites are talking, not me. And he wow. says, you have to push through and ignore the parasites and realize that those cravings that you think you're having are not for your well-being. It's for the thriving of the parasites. So it's just, I mean, come on. That's, that was sort of earth-shattering to me when I realized. So I have been very angry and cranky and wanting to eat everything else that I used to eat. I mean, I would, you know. I would still eat organic meat and organic dairy. And he's like, yeah. you, you can't have any of that right now. And so uh, I love this I'm, pre- this I'm preparing like myself. New, and he said, a piece of new information. Yes. Yeah. New information. And so also he said that, and this makes so much sense to me, but I've never really thought about it before. He wants my body to be free of as many parasites and tapeworms and all that as possible before I arrive because the shamanic healing journey that we're going to dig so deep spiritually that we're going on, the more clean and non-toxic my body is, the less resistance my spirit will have to the really hard work that I think I'm going to be asked to do. Wow. So this is all in preparation for... The depth of the work. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, Jeff's, one of his favorite things in the world is to surf. I know, I was thinking that when you said that, I'm like, Jeff's like, wait, where? Yes. (laughs) And so it's all... like the opposite of Mexico, buddy. Yes. (laughs) It's all gone, and also everything, you know, the thing that is confusing to me is that all of the steps that I've taken so far have been, I feel like when you're on your divine path, the universe conspires in favor of it. Yes. The universe conspired in favor of Hope for Cancer. The universe conspired in favor of that fundraiser that we did in, I think it was March, going so well. Yeah. The universe is conspiring in favor of the Kauai trip because it's all coming together. Yeah. And then I just had this incredible fundraiser that uh, I streamed live on Facebook at the White Fire Theater, and because I'm friends with Brian Rasmussen, who's the owner. How is was, there a way that people can go on and yes, still see it right now? Can you tell they them can how go to go on my Facebook page and watch it streaming live? I'm of course at some point going to get all of the footage and then put it on YouTube. But right now, oh, perfect. Right now, it's on Facebook Live. Got it. Got it. And people can go to my if you go to GoFundMe.com, and I guess if you type in my name, yeah, it will bring up my page. And just because the fundraiser's over doesn't mean I mean basically people love, face, people love Facebook Live. And also just. Um, you know how hard this has been for me because I was raised as somebody who should act like everything's perfect all the time and you would never ask anybody for help or for a favor or especially not for financial help because, you know, when I met you, I was a big shot. I had, you know, all this money and success and I was the big shot who was used to paying for everybody's everything and mm-hmm. donating to charities and stuff. And, the and fact- took care of many people, yeah. you know, um, which you've still done and so... It's such an interesting message, right? Like, it's one thing to not ask for help, but it's another thing to be almost fanatical about constantly helping others and then not asking for help in in return. And because we're Libras, that's out of balance. You have to have the balance of letting people help you and being, throwing your pride and ego out the window and getting vulnerable and getting real and, you know, this whole thing that's But also, Bunny, you and I both know the gift of, because we've given our whole lives yes. more than we've received. And so we know... How like, great it is. Yeah, we don't give so much because we're saints. No, we give so much because so we're dicks. Good. We know how good it feels. Yeah. yeah so why would we ever want to take, yes, we're take that joy from people. someone else? Exactly. Yes. So the whole we're only as sick as our secrets thing is amazing. So anyway, um, uh... 
the idea that I'm even asking people to help with money because I can't work in this condition. I'm so often in physical pain that I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to make it to that fundraiser that just happened um, on Wednesday of last week. And um, anyway, uh, I'm just staying open and trying to make it through every day and uh, making sure that everybody knows not to have any expectations that I can definitely do anything because it depends on the day. Yeah, and um, I mean, imagine like how many people in the world have you been wonderful to taking care of, like had empathy for who were going through things. Um, and then like you act so fascinated and just like, um, um, in awe of like anyone doing that back for you. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I know it's so amazing to I mean, receive it. It's just, and from people that, you know, I'll get a $10 donation from a fan in Bulgaria that I've never even met. And it just means uh, the Benny. world to me. It's just like, what? Wow. Yeah. That, that kind of love. And I, I really am being loved back to life. And people will tell me, and I know you can relate to this because of you speaking your truth lately, is that I thought that me coming out of the cancer closet would help other people who are dealing with cancer. I had no idea that people would rush in and say, uh, I'm infertile or I have AIDS or my brother raped me. And just, it was just this outpouring of, Oh my God, if you're going to have the courage to be truthful and you're going to give me vicarious permission to just tell the truth about all this dark stuff, if you're going to be that vulnerable, then I want to too. And I'm going to gain strength from releasing my toxic secrets because we were not meant to suffer in solitude and silence. As human beings, we've chosen a communal experience on also, the planet. Also, Bunny, I think that, you know, the universe picks the most extraordinary people because you're going to touch more people by sharing your vulnerabilities because vulnerability truly is real power. Yes. And when you share your vulnerabilities, it's, it's way more... It, it's much more profound because of how bold and smart and how much success you've had your whole life starting from, you know, at birth, I would guess. But I, I just know from like 15, like Yale and Brown and, and just, you know, like academic success and then spiritual success now and, and then, you know, success in like an industry where only 1% of us ever make it right. or are able to make a living at it. I mean, the, for you to share your struggles and share such vulnerability with what you're going through right now, it, it just affects way more people. So the universe chooses people like you, you know what I mean? Because a, a, a normal human being going through this, you know, it's also very um, powerful for other people to know they're not alone. But when someone like you goes through it, people are like, wait, what? But the same... Like, is, she's going through that? Yeah. It's, because people you know, can idealize somebody who's in the public eye who seems like everything's going perfectly yes. for them. And they simultaneously feel like they admire you, but they can't relate to you. And when they realize that they can relate to you, it's really powerful. It's really powerful. But you've done the same thing, Bunny. I want you to talk about, mm -hmm. for the first topic, speaking the truth. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? lately? I mean, you know, for a long time, uh, you know, again, I had done so much work on myself. I mean, I used to be in, in, uh, anger release therapy, um, three hours, twice a week. 
um, for my whole life, you know, I got sober at about 20. I drank a lot in high school and my first year of college and then, uh, got sober. So I was sober from 20 to 33. So from 20 to 33, when everyone else is like partying in Hollywood, I became successful right away and studied my ass off, went to therapy six hours a week, was on set 10, 15, 18 hour days sometimes. Um, had always eaten perfect because my mom raised me like that. I used to go to school with like sprout salads and she used to juice. So my mom juiced I know, when I was what a I'm kid, doing now. Like back in right. court. You know what I mean? That's crazy. People thought they were, my mom and dad were crazy. Right. And, you know, and now it's like chic to do everything, right. you know, for a good reason. So I, I had started speaking my truth. I had figured out everything. I had cut ties with my family members who were negative or made me, like, brought my energy down. I mean, I had done so much work on myself so young. Right. I mean, people, you know, even, like, I used to be in the 12-step program, and people would be like, wait, you have how much time? You know, I was 30, and I looked like I was 18, and I'd go up and speak. Right. And be like, I have... I have you know, 13 years, and people be like, wait, what? So I had lived my whole adult life in such dramatic, you know... In uh, a way that people usually get to in the last third of their life. Yeah, like I did basically. it really early, yeah. and I have no idea why that happened. I feel like that was just must have been my path here, because yeah. I have no, no clue. I feel like it wasn't my doing. Um, and then what happened is... What um, happened at 33? Because you said you were uh, at 33, I had done 33. a li- I had gotten sober originally because I had made a list of goals that I wanted to achieve. And I decided when I achieve all these um, things on my list of goals, they were so outlandish that I didn't really think I was ever going to be able to achieve all of them. Mm-hmm. So I said, when I achieve all these, then I will have a drink again. That's when I'll have a drink again. I'm not going to, I don't want to do anything that's going to cloud my focus right. on my goals. And to me, you know, it is. It's like if I have a drink, it takes me like a day to get over it. I'm such a lightweight. If I, you know, like right. put drugs in my body, if I eat bad, I mean, I used to drink no caffeine, which is hilarious for people to know now because I love caffeine right. now. I had no caffeine also for 18 years. Right. Vegetarian for 18 right. years. All of that. Craziness. And, um, and then when you were pregnant with Cassius, you desperately needed to eat meat. So you started yeah, eating Yeah, so meat I started again. seeing a doctor named Oz Garcia. I mean, I've been seeing like you know, all these healers. And like I said, my mom, when I was 17, my mom got me into, you know, uh, working with Verna Yader. So I was always dealing with healers, spirit doctors. We would go to Colorado Springs for two weeks. Cassius's dad, um, used to come with me too before Cassius was born. Right. We'd go to Colorado Springs. We'd hike up a mountain after we were, after we were driven up there a few hours and we would, um, camp for two weeks and then we would go inside this dome, this huge dome every day. Nice. And we would channel and we would do nice. sound bowls and we nice. would do spirit doctors. Yeah. And then she would channel and do readings. I mean, all this stuff that every, Kimberly was telling me the other day, you know, we should try this, you should try that. And I'm like, Kimberly, I literally... I lived I'm, that. And I hate even saying it because it, I, sometimes I just want to be like, oh yeah, let's do it. Great. Cool. I'm like, I lived that my whole yes. life. And... um. And I just, when the tragedy came of the betrayal, the deep betrayal of Cassius's father, mm-hmm. who just completely betrayed my trust, my friendship, um, the uh, commitments that we had made to each other about if we we're going to have this child, 
we'll always be friends, we'll always be peaceful. Um, Peacefully co-parent. Yeah, I, I, I was one of the only people who ever in his life didn't take advantage of him. I'd always watch people taking advantage of him. We'd go somewhere together, I'd come back, and I'd try to pay for half of like our uh, vacation we went on. He wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. So I'd have my assistant take a check to Brian's mom, who was his business manager at the, at the time. Uh-huh. Um, just like, you know, I, I felt like who I was to him, that I always felt proud of every everything with him um, other than I knew that his heart was broken and I didn't feel the same way I felt bad about that but I had always felt proud of the friend I was to him the woman I was in his life and also Um, not only did you not take advantage of him you never asked for a penny of financial child support no I never asked for child support because I had my own money right so what he did later on was in within his betrayal he tried to get full custody of Cassius he also um filed a a public lawsuit one day and said that I owed him two hundred thousand dollars so that I had taken out a loan with the father of my child while I was pregnant which doesn't even make any sense who borrows money from someone when you're pregnant with their child yeah and you're not you've never asked for child support yeah it doesn't make sense doesn't make sense but he wanted to put that out publicly because so he he not only was trying to take my child and like betray me and destroy me but he wanted to also like try to shame me publicly right so suddenly I'm some girl who owes someone two hundred thousand dollars like we to act like you're the one that's the taking advantage of you know money hungry person yes so it all got thrown out of court you know as as most of us know but the 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 thing is going back to speaking your truth yes is. That I had always, I didn't know what to do because there was now a child involved. Right. So this was the first time in many, in like two decades, where I suddenly was like, wow, I feel like I'm a child again. I had recreated my childhood where everything in my abusive um, childhood, because my father was violent and alcoholic, was a secret. Everything was a secret. You know, like he would beat me up and then I would have to lie and say I fell off my bike or, you know, whatever. Right. Everything was a secret to not, so he wouldn't get upset. Right. So now all of a sudden I felt like torn. Because you had to keep a secret for a child's sake now. Yeah, so I couldn't speak the truth about his dad and um, his dad's uh, then girlfriend who, you know, became his wife. Um, who instigated most of this, but it's not her fault. He went along with it. All of this I couldn't talk about, even though we were all public people, because I was trying to protect Cassius. And I just felt like he was too young to be hearing about any of this because I didn't want him worrying about it. And then I also didn't ever want him to feel like he had to choose between me or his dad or, um, you know, Megan, who became his stepmom, who he dearly loved. And still, right. you know, loves deeply. So you also speaking my told truth me that was you really didn't want Cassius to be without a father because you know what it's like to grow up without, you know, yes. a relationship with your father yes. in your life. Now, interestingly that we're talking about this, I feel like I'm an extremist. I don't feel like I'm an extremist, but I feel like I took it too far. So I took the trying to protect Cassius too far. And didn't, and stopped speaking my truth too much. Right. So now I'm finding the gray area, um, as we know. And it was only with, it was because of Cassius. Cassius came to me and he was like, When exactly did he give you his blessing to speak your truth about all this? Uh, He didn't give me his blessing. He actually, because he kind of tells me what to do a lot now. (laughs) You know, it's my fit. It's a little known fact. You like when smart people tell you what to do. I love to be told what to do. Not by anybody. By smart people. Yeah. And people always assume that I'm kind of like this badass, um, 
like controlling, you know, like people with MC and I would be like, well, we know who's in charge there. And I'm just thinking, no, no MC you don't. is so, <laughs> he's such a dick. Like, he's not some guy who walks around like, oh, he's I better do it for Vanessa yeah. now. I, you know, I mean, some days I wish he would be, but... But we're bit. all dichotomies, so you are equivalently a badass, and you like somebody smart to tell you what to yes, do. Yes, yes. So I just, you know, Cassius said, um, you have to stop lying about this. He said, you know, you're even, you're affecting me. Like, I feel like I can't talk about... Because you won't talk about it. Yeah, he said, I feel right. like I can't talk about the ways in which I am angry and hurt at my dad and my stepmom for cutting me out of their lives, because... My whole childhood, every time I bring them up to you, you're like, aren't they great? They're great. You know what I mean? Like, they love you. They're yeah. great. And he said and after... He starts to feel like he's crazy if you keep saying how great they are. Yeah. yeah. He said he starts to feel like he has to pretend with me. And he right. just said, I just can't pretend anymore. Thank God. Yeah, buddy. So, you know, it's like we... So we just started talking about it. And I don't know. You can tell me. I believe that I'm speaking my truth on most days in a way that is graceful and kind and still compassionate and empathetic towards whatever struggles his dad and Megan are having, because everyone has their reasons why they do yes. things, while still being furious at what they've done to my son. It's I'm, not okay what they've done, but I feel like I'm, I'm trying to bunny. do it, speak my truth in a way that's not bunny. too... Yeah. In the same way that you're... A, in the <laughs> like, same way that... Getting all insecure. I think I'm oh doing it okay. I think it's okay, right? Shut up, Bunny. In the same way that you are in awe of the fact that I'm just even walking around, yes. I am in awe of the fact that when you finally do speak your truth, you didn't swing the pendulum all the way the other way in I a know. completely nasty, vindictive... Do you know what I mean? Like, like filing lawsuits like, and like saying hot. they owe me 200 grand, that yeah. they stole 200 grand from me. That yeah. you have been so above the sky uh, with this that it boggles my mind. And the fact yeah. that you're, you're, so, you're so mentally um, and emotionally evolved that you're constantly questioning yeah. whether this path that you've chosen... You know, is, yeah, you is know, the Bunny, best for everyone concerned. Because, you know, Bunny, it really isn't some, like, bullshit. Like, I, you know, my sister tells me this all the time. She's like, people really don't get, Vanessa, like, you know, I, I was there with you, obviously, from the second you were born your whole life. Mm -hmm. You just, by nature, I, by nature, I just see the best in people. And I just, I really don't think bad things about people. And I really don't want to argue with people. Right. And not even in like an insecure doormat way. Cause we know I'm not, I'm not a doormat. We know that, but I just like to think the best about people. And, and I appreciate if people think the best right. in me too. Cause I'm, you know, like we're all trying, right? And you're we're an optimist trying. who believes that people can yeah, change. Yeah. And the reason that you believe that people can change is because you have changed. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone does it. Everyone is, of course, capable of it, but many people don't for whatever reason. They, yeah. they prefer comfort. They let fear rule them, whatever it is. But you believe that people can change because yeah. you have changed. I have, yes. You have worked on yourself and you have changed. Yes. And also, you know, I have to say that, like, I love really strong and loyal. Um, and, you know, I truly, deeply loved Cassius's dad. I just wasn't in love with him romantically. Right. But I love, I feel like it's more powerful if you love someone, um, like a, a brother or a, a friend because that's forever. Right. As we know, relationships many times come and go. Right. The Re in love thing I was can like crash in it forever and burn with him. Right. Yeah. So 
I, my love for him was so deep. And right. I felt so protective of him because he really has had a lot of people take advantage of him when he was younger. And uh, what, that I saw, ha like, hands-on. And, and including Megan. I think she's now taking complete advantage of him. Controls him completely and has almost destroyed his life. They have beautiful children, but, you know what I mean, other than that, I think she's a bull I think she's bullied him. I think she's controlled him in a way that I've seen many people do. And, um, and I still, to this day, feel compassion for him. Um, I miss him. He was a great, great friend. So smart and funny and fun and talented. Right. And just because you And we parented Cassius right, great. really peacefully great. for the first two years you before did. he met her. Right. And I, I'm also really hurt because, um, about this because, um, I was really excited about Megan. I was super, I, I, I told, I sent her my eyebrow girl, my facialist, my, you know, uh, like yeah. my massage person. Because you want him to have somebody in his yes. life that makes him happy. And I was so excited to him. meet her. And when I finally got to see her for the first time, um, we, we ran into each other at Cassius's Taekwondo and I, um, was on a motorcycle. So I didn't know if she knew it was me at first because uh -huh. I had a helmet on right. and I took the helmet off, got out, off. So at first, her standoffishness, I was thinking, oh, it's, I mean, like, she didn't it's realize it's she didn't know it was you. Yeah. yeah. But we had never met before, but I had always been sending, like, cute things over to her. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd given her, like, Christmas gifts from yeah. my family, but I just sent them with Brian. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my, I said, I wasn't like, I said, oh, my gosh, Megan, I'm so happy to, you know, finally get to meet you. And she turned around and walked away from me, like, super, you know, on purpose. Yeah. Like, being rude. And, uh... And later I said to Brian, because like, we spoke what, yeah, all the like, time, like, I said, that? what happened? What the heck? Yeah, I I no, he had never told me there was any issue or anything. I'd been sending... But know. it turns out that there obviously was. Well, because, you know, it comes from a generation of not speaking the truth. Right. Ah, oh, there's the callback, bunny! Yeah. So I said, um, is there... Is she mad about something? He said, oh, I can't... And then he was rude to me, too. And, and I You're thinking, at Taekwondo happening? In front yeah. of Cassius. Oh. And I just... So afterwards, I said... What's him. happening? What? Yeah, and he said, "Oh, she gets really mad." And he said, um, "Like I can't, I can't talk to you when I'm with her. She'll get really mad." Oh, and so God. the speaking the truth thing is just from day one with them. I think was like, "Nope, that's out the window." Yeah, you keep everyone calm like I did when I was a kid. We lie to my dad, lie around my dad to make sure my dad doesn't get upset because his right. anger is so outrageous. Right, and. Same thing with Megan Fox. Her anger is so outrageous and so um, affects everyone around her. So everyone doesn't speak the truth because they're all just trying to keep her calm. This reminds me of there's, I think it's George Bernard Shaw said that a family is a tyranny ruled by its sickest member. There you go. And so, well, you know, in our family, that's Megan. And, and I have a lot of, again, compassion and empathy for her because I know what a struggle it must be to be that person. Right. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I think that's part of what caused her to cut my son out of their lives because I don't think Brian on his own would have ever cut Cassius And out. I think people need to understand that just because... Speaking you, the truth, Bunny. Right. It's real talk. Just because you were never in love with Brian doesn't mean you didn't love him. And so him betraying you still hurt you so deeply because you had that... Yeah, because... You just had that deep love for him. Well, you know this to be true about me. I... I... I value my friendships way more than I value romantic relationships. And I've always been that way. This right. is people are like, Oh, did you go through something bad? N no. I mean, my childhood wasn't great, but a lot of people's weren't. I just believe romantic relationships are for growth. 
you choose somebody, you have chemistry with someone who brings up the unresolved issues of one or both of your parents. And you and work you, on them for however long you need to, and then maybe somebody else comes you, along. We, right. Yeah, unless right. you need them for survival, or you need them for some other reason other right. than um, to work through unresolved issues of one or both of your parents, then I find joy through my friendships. I right. find joy through my own life. I find joy through my career. Right. I find joy through my children. I find joy through being of service. I find so much joy in my life. You know, it, I don't find the most joy that I have in my life through my romantic relationships. If other people do, I celebrate that. I love going to a wedding. Sure. It's just not, for me, that's not where I find my biggest joy. So for me, my relationship with Brian was way more powerful. Like right. when people, like there's people online, buddy, who will be like, oh, she's bitter. I'm like, Bitter, bitter about what I broke up with him he wanted to marry me I felt horrible about breaking his heart he never got over it that's fine I get that but like I'm bitter about them hurting my son of course but I don't think that's what they're insinuating no. I think they're insinuating I'm bitter because he's with this super beautiful you know girl who's like because you're so years ugly, younger than me <laughs> you must feel so insecure about your looks nobody but you know that like first of all oh, like God. i didn't want to be with him in that way one and right. two i only hang out with hot chicks <laughs> bunny you know that hot chicks are my are my thing that's my jam right i don't hang out with girls who aren't hotter than me i you have to be hotter than me for me to want to hang out with you and men MC's hotter than me. Like, what are you talking about? Bitter about what? So, right. yeah. What's the second topic? Um, second, wait, before we move on, just one oh, more yeah. thing I want to go back to, just in case people are confused. Yes. So you joined AA thinking that, oh, I, maybe I'm an alcoholic. And no, so you were. I never thought that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, because there are times when you'll be talking to me about somebody else went to therapy and they think that they have an issue and maybe that's your issue and I would say that's not your issue and you would go, oh, okay. I just want to be clear that it's not that you thought you were an alcoholic and then at 33 you just went off the wagon and now you're an active alcoholic. No, yeah, because that is something that Brian tried to say in court too. He, he tried to tell the judge that I was an alcoholic who had fallen off the wagon and that I was an unfit mother. So it's, it's rare for people to go to AA for 13 years not thinking that they're an alcoholic and to be sober but it was just a path that you chose to get clarity in that time of your life yeah because I also was very fanatical about health and therapy and you know I just decided right I, I, I'm the youngest of four and I had watched a lot of pain and, and alcoholism in my family and I just decided I wanted to do something um, with my life right and I knew that if because I was 20 that if I continued to drink and party with everyone that I wasn't going to get right. any of the stuff I wanted to get done. Because, and I was right. Like I, right. I, and, and who knew, you know, um, you know, I love the program. I love the 12 steps. Yes. I love, I think everyone should work the 12 steps. Me too. But I just think, you know, we all have vices. So I think that I, I now believe that, um, I wasn't an alcoholic, but that I have something that Eckhart Tolle speaks quite eloquently about in A New Earth, his book, A New Earth. I have the human condition. So it's a human condition to suffer. And I look for ways, vices, to ease the suffering sometimes when it's too much for me. And, you know, even going through the court case, it's like there was 80 different things, you know, sleeping pills, um, caffeine, I tried drinking, makes me throw up. <laughs> I think, you know, um, shopping. I tried gambling. I hated it. Um, right. You know, I, I, I've tried um, emotional 
vices, like with people doing some like crazy emotional games, like right. all kinds of different vices. So I just, you know, on my best days, I don't go to any of my vices. Sure. On my worst days, I might do like 20 different vices. Right. Yeah. But the point is that if you were truly an alcoholic, after 13 years in AA, you would not be able to have a drink and then just have a drink. You would have to keep drinking until yeah, you... Yeah, maybe. I don't you know. know. You know, like I'm super big on, on labels that, you know what I mean? You can't tell other people what their labels are. So I just don't know. I think everyone's different. But but from but what I hear, from what I've heard is, in the program, there's some people who should not be trying that. You do not identify yourself as an active alcoholic now, is what I'm saying. Yes. Right. And I didn't really in the program right. either. Right. Yeah. Like I spoke. But would and, you say I'm Vanessa and I'm an alcoholic? Oh, yeah. Like you're supposed to? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, I've even said that, you know, sometimes, I mean, I love meetings. So I even said that sometimes since when I've gone to meetings. Um, like, it's just, I feel like I'm an, it, like, I get it. I have vices. Right. I have the ism. Right. Yeah. And I have been going to Al-Anon meetings Me for too. about 20 years. <laughs> Me and my whole family. I, instead of being addicted to alcohol or drugs or gambling or whatever, um, I would get addicted to somebody with an ism and just latch on to well, their ism and roller coaster with that's them. That's what I should have said. That's what I was searching for, um, Bunny, it's perfect what you're saying. I, I, I when I said psychological games or whatever, it's uh, codependency. Yes. So sometimes that's my ism. Right. That's my that's my drug. And so my life has been saved in, in big part by that. So topic number two is silver linings. Silver linings, so, our favorite. Yes. So, so I've what, been trying to do this thing for the last couple of days with uh, MC. Yeah. He was such a dick to me the other day. Uh huh. Um, and just to clarify for people, because I don't believe in. I don't think people should stay. I don't believe in unsolicited advice, but if you're in a fucking abusive relationship, you need to get the fuck out. Like, today, right now. DM me, and I'll support you and help you find a sliding-scale therapist in your city. Like, it's because if you have kids, you have to go. You have to go. So that's the one of the only things I feel strongly about, anything that affects children or is abusive towards children. Otherwise, do whatever the fuck you want with your life. However... um. So when I say MC was a dick, I just want to clarify. I was telling him something about uh, one of the huge catastrophes that's going on at our house right now. And uh, I said, and he walked out. So he walked out of the room when I was still talking. Why? So that's my version of, like, right. he's a suit. But to me, so that's like... You want to be clear that you're not in an abusive relationship. Well, I want to be clear that my... moment. I want to be clear that my relationship, like, my man is a total asshole sometimes. And, but that's what I mean, like disrespectful right. in that way, uh -huh. right? Are you ever an asshole to him? Um, I am, but not as often, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. He'll tell you that too. Okay. I'm more of the happy optimist girl. Right. So he was a dick and walked out while I was talking the other day. And I was, uh -huh. I mean, like, so what did you do or say? Level. I said nothing. Okay. And I went on with my day. Yeah. But for three days, I've tried to punish him back for doing that to me. And I, first of all, I told him, like, wasn't cool. Right. I said all of that first, right? What in, did he say back? Text. He didn't say anything back. Okay. He's an asshole. <laughs> so he didn't say anything back, right? But for three days, I decided I am going to not have my normal reaction to him, which means I am going to not find the silver lining all fucking day long because it's just what it's just in my nature. It's to in my find nature. The silver lining. All yeah. I just do it. I uh -huh. can't. I can feel. Yeah. I, I know how much I do it now because I've tried to not do it for for three days. I've decided I'm just going to be deadpan face. 
whatever he does or whatever happens at the house or with the kids, I'm not going to have... Funny, I'm going to have, like, dead funny, hand reactions. This is hilarious. Most people have to make an effort to find the silver lining. You have to make an effort to not... I, I must oh admit that the, it's God. true. It really is true. Oh, my God. And there's been a few times... Like, I just saw him a couple hours before I and saw you. And you almost slipped? Like, yes! Oh, I almost I, found the silver line. I was almost yeah! nice. Because I almost said, yay, babe, about something he was doing. And I said, no, no. I said, don't do it. Don't oh do it. Just, just go, okay. And just be casual like him. Okay. And is it working? Is he feeling the punishment? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. I can tell because I can tell he misses the... Silver lining girl. Isn't he, he misses, usually he good at owning up and apologizing? So, so Cassius will so say, when MC's an asshole, Cassius will say, um, Mom, just, you know, five, four, three, two, one, MC's coming in and apologizing. But he and didn't calling this the family time? meeting. No, I think because um, he actually didn't this time. And I think really? it's because, Why? well, I think it's because I got so mad. Yeah. And I said to him, I am out like I am done you will not be hearing from me I won't be speaking to you about anything wonderful like just pretend like I'm not here right now because I'm not talking to you and so I think he was like oh his his ego was like oh really so he just got defensive instead of I think so or he probably just is like oh shit or he probably didn't even believe you he probably he didn't think you were You're capable. right, buddy. He didn't believe He doesn't he, believe he's thinking that. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah you're sure. mad. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you in, like, 20 minutes when you're finding the silver lining of, you know, the fucking car breaking down. So, but, but the thing that I want to say about this is, the important thing that I want to say is, what I learned from being with someone like Brian and being with a few other people who are super nice all the time, Brian's a really wonderful, super nice person. If anyone's met him, you, Bunny, you, after I worked, everything. I worked with him and he was after so ev- nice. And I found myself thinking, oh, he's so nice. And I'm like, wait a minute, what am I doing right now? What's happening? Thank you. But, right? But this is so true. You know, sometimes the most toxic people, they are the most charming, charismatic people on the planet. Correct. So here's my point, okay? I no longer want to be with someone who finds the silver lining and everything and is so wonderful. Because many times, just for the record, I'm not full of shit. I really do feel that way. And, I, and you know, my intentions are always pure to the point where I'll screw things up because I'm trying to do everything right. However, I have found in my personal experience that the men who are so wonderful all the time are full of shit. Look out for Mr. Nice Guy is right now at what my memoirs is called that talks about my whole life but also talks about my complete experience with Brian. And it, look out for Mr. Nice Guy because look out for those people who seem like they're so nice all the time. Right. And, this, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I realized I prefer a man like MC who is an asshole sometimes. Right. Because, because what that's you see is real. what you get It's human and authentic. What you see is what you get with him. Yep. Because you know also, you've seen, he is hilarious and adorable and playful. Yes. Um, like with the kids and, you know, when I'm working, he picks me up out of bed and carries me down to the steam shower. Carries me to wake me up and brings espresso in. You know, so he's really wonderful. But if he's not feeling happy, you know it. Right. And he may take it out on you. Right. And that is called human and real. And so it took me a while to realize you shouldn't date 
the 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 guy who's a total asshole, and then you lie and try to make him sound good to all your friends, or the total nice guy, or the total nice. Nope. Guy. You need to find someone who's in the yes. middle. And lucky for him, he's chosen somebody that is not going to let him get away with that. Oh, I mean, at when all. he when he's a jerk, there's consequences. Yeah. Or or if if he's ever just too grouchy in front of the kids. I stop whatever we're doing. I don't care where we are, what we're doing, and, and I leave. I'm like, come on, you guys, we're gonna go do something else so yep. your dad can have some time to be grouchy and on his own. Right. And we'll come back around when he's can be. But you know what I mean? You teach people how to treat you. So, right. it, you know, it's like some and people you, normalize that bad behavior and then, you know. Do you have any silver linings from the court case and the whole experience. Yes. So what are your silver linings from everything with the court case and with Brian and I mean, Megan? everything. I'm so grateful for the court case, me personally. I don't have a silver lining for Cassius. I don't think any of it's okay for Cassius. I think it was all wrong and he didn't deserve it. And for sure, the only thing that could have been worse is them cutting him out of their lives. I don't get it. I don't know why he's not invited over for the holidays. I don't know why he's not invited over for birthdays. I don't know why he can't see his little brothers or meet his youngest brother. All fucking not okay. There's no silver lining with it. But zero. But for is, me... He is capable of finding his own silver linings no, for that. No, he's furious. He's no, I mean, no not right lining. now. Oh, yes, later. Yes. I, maybe he will. I don't know. Yes. But for me... It made me a better person. It made me a better mother. It caused me to stop working, to be hands-on with Cassius 24-7. It's been yes. the greatest joy of my life. Yes. I don't know if I would have been able to step off the acting train on my own. Right. Um, in You know, to this level. Right. Um, it um, caused me to work through betrayal and heartbreak, more betrayal yes. and heartbreak. It, it, it caused me to be brave enough to start dating men like my father. So I always dated men like my mother. Mm-hmm. Super, super nice. Um, and so when I started dating men like my father, you know, like Ben when we first met. It's even deeper lessons. And Carmine. Horrific fucking assholes. Like, betra- like not trustworthy. Just, like, trying to tear me down. It was important for me to date men like that because my father was like that. And so I was able to heal all right. the unresolved issues between my father and I, and then, as you know, bring him back into my life right before right. he died. Right. And then Cassius was able to meet him, too. So that's all from the court case. If I hadn't gone through the court case, none of that stuff would have happened. I have so many silver linings, of course, because like you, I'm a silver linings girl. Mm-hmm. And one of the silver linings that I found from when we first met, and I had stage four cancer and you were going through the court case is that it brought... uh, Because Las Vegas had just been canceled. So the silver lining from that was neither of us were working at a time when uh, I needed you so much to help me. You drove me to every doctor's appointment and medical appointment and holistic appointment for one year. And, like, you say you think you'd be dead right now if it wasn't for Jeff. Yeah. If I wasn't able to have the the, uh, luxury uh, to be able to do everything for you like that, I feel like I would have died. Because I wanted to commit suicide during that time because of the court case. Right. And so I was... Because I was able to be there for you. It gave me a life. And I was able to be there for you for your court case because Las Vegas being canceled could have been like, oh, this is terrible. Neither of us are working. Yeah. But it brought our friendship so close together that there's nothing that could ever rocket. Yeah. That we have so much money in the bank with each other because I was there for you for your court case and you were there for me during 
stage four cancer. And that was what in, you know, like maybe 10 years ago, right? Yeah. And so that's one silver lining. Another silver lining is that, interestingly enough, I'm back in a situation where I'm dealing with cancer. And I don't know what the status is of what you're going through with court, but... We, Things are actually on a little bit of a positive upswing right now regarding all of it, okay. just for the record. All right. But, you know, that's um, we're coming from a super, super low place, so... Right. But, but here's, know, here's what I want to say about that, which is Of course, I'm finding me. a little bit of a silver lining with it. Here's what I want to say about what's currently happening, is that back when you and I helped each other with cancer and court, mm -hmm. both of our C words, not in fact cunt, but cancer and court were our C words. Wow. Right? Did you just come up with that? No. We haven't done that before, have we? No, but I've thought it before. Funny. So anyway, back Our then, neither of us had men in our life who were even remotely capable of being there for us. Yes. Now that we're both going through cancer in court again, we both have real men who are helping us through in a time where you and I actually don't need to be there actively 24-7 for each other because... We oh, finally I mean, both thank, have real men. Thank so you God. have a real man that's I mean, helping you. If and Jeff I have wasn't a, with you, I would be. I'd have to move in with you. Right? I mean, there, it just wouldn't be okay. And if I mean, MC didn't exist, then there, there'd be no way yeah. I would be letting you no, go through have this to be by yourself. In together. Yeah. Yes. So that's another remarkable thing that's happened. Yes. Another silver lining for me is that the depth of love that I've experienced from Jeff would never have happened had not this brutal chapter happened where I am not, I have not been okay. I have not been my classic, like... I mean, think about that, Bunny. I'm just Maybe happy a lot of what you're going through is for Jeff. Just for this very reason. That and, but just for Jeff. And he didn't even realize... For him to break through that barrier He didn't realize he was capable of this. Yes. And he wrote a, saw, a love song for me. I've never had a musician... Is it going to be at the beginning of our love song? Uh... I don't think that's really appropriate. I have, I actually found somebody who's going to write us a new Love Stop thing. I'm so excited yeah. about that. Um, because it's basically directed just to me, but it's it's so incredible. And the, the depth of his love that we, neither of us thought, we already thought we were really experiencing a deep love. Yeah. And when this happened, I mean... But you knew I you would, were way more capable of, of loving freely than he was before this. Right, I guess. Yeah. And the depth of despair and darkness that I went into where I felt like I don't find anything funny. I have no faith. I have no optimism. I'm done. It's dark and I'm out of here and I'm just filled with anger and rage and it, you know, it's unfair. It's unjust and I'm yeah, done. It, right. Yes, but another silver lining is it made me so much more compassionate towards people who are in so much pain that they end their own lives. And before I would say, Oh no, that's not the way to go. Obviously it's going to get better. I love that. Now I have so much more compassion having been through the darkest night of my soul, through the depths of the abyss where there is and no buddy, way there's out. Somebody listening, listening right now who feels that way. Yep. Who's hearing you say you have compassion for that. I have complete compassion because I get it now. And the truth is all the times that I've fantasized about committing suicide, I've never actually done anything about it. But the truth is I don't want my life to end because I love my life and I love life in general. I just 
couldn't bear the physical pain anymore. And I still have moments yes, during the, these days no where I can't bear it anymore. Would be able to. And prescription medicine pain drugs don't work for me. It used to be that CBD and THC tincture or salve directly on the tumor would work. It's not working so much anymore. It used to be that frankincense oil under my tongue or directly on the tumor would work. It's not working so much anymore. And I just keep... I do really well with emotional pain because I have so many tools in my toolbox of how to deal with emotional pain. Yes. But with intense, excruciating, nonstop physical pain that makes it so that I can't sleep at night, the combination of insomnia and physical pain is what drove me to wanting, coming close to killing myself in 2008. Yeah. And so... I don't want to end my life. I just want the pain to end. Yes. And so I'm trying to embrace the pain, go inside of it, listen to it, learn from it, which fucking sucks. Bunny, that sucks. I mean, Ugh. what tools do any of us have for physical pain? We don't. That's why, That's why people trust... become pain med addicts. Yes. I mean, Bunny, you, you know, MC's three surgeries and a face, uh, half of his face is made of metal. I mean, oh my he, God. you know, I've watched him... Uh, go through exactly what you describe in a way that's unfathomable to yes. me. And he, same thing with him. He cannot take a, a pain medication at all. Cannot. What happens to him when he takes Well, he has medication. ulcers. So he oh, can't take pain right. medication because it, it kills his ulcers. It makes me nauseous. It yeah, makes him it, too. It actually doesn't take my pain away. It doesn't take his it pain away It makes me either. feel crazy. Yeah. So, the only thing that takes his pain away is morphine. So obviously you right. can't be in a hospital Me too. on morphine 24 So I've actually so. thought, am I supposed to go into hospice and just have morphine until I die? Because I can't bear this anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what I can, I can do about the physical pain. Yeah. And I end up distracting myself. And then sometimes I, instead of distracting myself, I try going inside of it. Yes. I mean, it's just, anyway. The last topic that part's is... Really, that part, I feel like, is the most unfair because I know you and I, like, our belief system about um, we believe in the spirit world, we believe in crossing over to the other side, yes. and that there's going to be beauty um, in, in all of that, and that this yes. is really where the most pain is, I think, on Earth. Yes. Um, but the unfair part is just the pain. The physical the, pain. Yeah, the physical pain is unfair. I don't understand what the point is for that. And I'll tell you what does keep for me going. For you is that I realized that the, the carrot that's dangling out there that keeps me going is that I believe that if I am to continue to walk through this and stay alive and survive and thrive, that the, the joy on the other side of this has to be equivalent to the depths of how horrible it's been. And so yes. I am trusting that if I keep moving through this instead of trying to walk around it or go under it or, you know, if I really walk through this, yes. that what is on the other side of it for me is so spectacular it is. that that's what I'm, that's, it that's is what I'm doing. because I believe that the other side is, um, our, our karma coming into fruition. Mm -hmm. So imagine the fucking penthouse yes. that yes. you're getting, buddy. Yes. So that's what keeps me going. Yeah. All right. So the last topic is suck my balls. Okay. So suck my balls is a really <laughs> meaningful topic for me because I have never in my life sucked anyone's balls. And I'm a pretty like sexual human being when I'm in love, but I will not suck someone's balls. However, I would like a whole list of people to suck my fucking balls. Theoretically. 
Okay, so the reason that this is significant to me is mm-hmm. because um, when you and I first met and we did Las Vegas together and we got along great and I made you laugh and then we exchanged info and then um, I didn't, we didn't text each other or anything um, until I found out that I was going to be on another episode because I thought first it was of all, just I a don't one share episode. my info. That's funny that I even did that. Oh yeah, you gave You're me on for one day and, yeah, I and you asked gave you me advice your, about you my cheating me, boyfriend Ben. You asked me for advice about your relationship and you gave me your cell phone number. So I thought you were this <laughs> super like open, friendly girl who yeah. divulges her personal life. And then, and then how long was it? About a month and a half, or it was a while, right? A few weeks. I can't remember. I think it was a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, because you convinced them to write me into another oh, yes. episode, which I didn't even know. I, I thought I thought that the writers, the writers just, yeah, because we <laughs> hadn't communicated. Yes. So anyway, um, I was very excited to work on the show again. And I think I, I saw in the scene that they wrote that I was going to be working with you again because I had one scene in the first episode and it was with you and that was it. So I, I, found, your, I found your number and I texted you and I said... Hey, Vanessa, it's Suzanne Wong, and I'm working on the show again today, and I'm really excited. And you texted me back, go fuck yourself. And I laughed so fucking hard, because I said, oh my God, she's my people. So I texted back, suck my balls. Send. And then here we are. And here we are. So that's the perfect So way the to- lesson for the listeners is, if you want to have a lifelong friendship... And find an incredible godmother for your son. Just text them, suck my balls, and that's or, really or a good go icebreaker. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, and there are people to this day that, that are confused when we'll say, hey, asshole, or hey, hey, fatso, or whatever, that we don't like each other. And it's just, I mean, come on. It's clearly just our irreverent sense of humor, and I so appreciate that about you. We're done, bunny. Bye. Last stop is a little old place where we can get together. Last baby. Sorry that it's taken us so long, but we're back. We're back, you guys. Yay. Bye. Two, three, four. Two crazy chicks sitting.